are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. A BYU football heavy edition of the podcast today after the first day of spring football for the BYU football program. We will not neglect BYU basketball after they moved up to the national rankings in the newest AP poll that was released yesterday. So we'll talk about all of it, catch you up with whatever what was heard slash observed at BYU football practice yesterday. Comments from Kalani Satake, Zach Wilson, Jeff Grimes, etc. And also talk about some of the changes we observed during practice yesterday as well. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of America's number one daily podcast network. That is the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for March 3rd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast. If you're new to the show, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all of the BYU sports information slash insider info you cannot find anywhere else. And thanks again for taking the time to check out this podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on whichever podcast provider you're listening to us on. That way you never miss an episode. And if you don't mind taking but a moment, leave us a favorable rating and review view. It really does help build the audience as we're continuing to see our download numbers climb month over month, and it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. BYU football held their first day of spring drills yesterday. A lot of excitement, obviously, when players finally take to the field after a layoff about uh, nine weeks or so, I guess we, we could say about BYU football as they get ready to get back into spring ball here. Yesterday's workout, obviously, in just helmets as part of the five-practice NCAA-mandated acclimatization period. So they'll be in helmets again today for their second day of drills. They'll take Wednesday off, practice again on Thursday and Friday with shoulder pads on before donning full pads beginning early next week. The next time media availability will be is going to be Friday, just as a heads-up for you guys. So just... So you're not thinking, okay, why aren't we getting new information? Well, there's not going to be immediate availability until Friday, but we have some interviews lined up for you over the next few days to keep you in the loop as we get ready for spring ball and also BYU basketball coming up early next week as the Cougars play in the West Coast Conference semifinals. Let's start off here. Uh, BYU obviously has three proven quarterbacks who are in the system looking to show what they can do during spring ball. Kalani Satake was speaking to the media yesterday, and here's what he had to say about the quarterback competition and what he expects. Uh, healthy and strong, so the guys are, are doing good and they have a lot of experience, so I expect a lot from those guys. I think they should be, uh, They, I know they expect a lot from themselves, so uh, we'll see how, how it carries over. I think we have a, a solid defense to contend for, with them and, and make things really difficult, but uh, I, I have a lot of confidence in, in all, the, all the quarterbacks on our on our roster. Is that starting quarterback job up, up for grabs going into spring? Yeah, every every job is, so um, no one's safe. Kalani Satake there talking about the quarterbacks says every job is up for grabs. So no one is safe, as you heard him just say. So I, I think that's kind of in line with what everything he has been saying later on in the interview. You can listen to, by the way, all of the audio, all the post-practice audio you can handle is at 1280thezone.com. You also can check out the BYU feed under the Zone Sports Network podcast uh, network feed for all the BYU audio if you want to catch up on that each and every day. Uh, subscribe there to that. But he added later after that 
quarterback comment about the quarterback competition. Reps will be distributed as evenly as possible. Jeff Grimes also talking to the media yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the distribution of reps between the quarterbacks. Will all of your quarterbacks get even reps in spring? Um... Even reps, I think we're starting that way. Whether whether it'll maintain that throughout spring or not would be like would be like any other position where there's competition. It could change. I think it's a very pragmatic approach from Jeff Grimes saying, hey, if it bounces where we have maybe down to two or one guy, we will start delineating the reps as such. At the quarterback position, BYU's got five quarterbacks on the roster in spring ball. Obviously, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Baylor Romney, the headliners of that group. But Rhett Riley also still on the roster, and as well as Mason Fakahua, a former athlete when he signed with BYU in 2017, played quarterback at the 3A level here in the state of Utah at Cedar High School, was the 3A MVP as a senior down there uh, for the Reds, but he is on the roster as a quarterback early on in spring ball. We'll see if and how long that lasts for him at that position, but good to see a bunch of quarterbacks getting reps, and we will see how things shake out over spring ball. Kalani Satake, I'm guessing, will not have a, a depth chart coming out of spring ball. It's not really been his MO in the four or five years he's been running this program, so Don't necessarily expect to see starters coming out of spring ball, but we'll see if they ultimately decide to do that, and that's still a long ways off. A couple other notes for you guys from the first day of practices. Uh, In speaking about the running back back coach position that is still open, here's what Kalani Satake had to say about the timeline of making that hire official. Um, As soon as we can, yeah. I think we have a lot of good candidates, and I think it's important that we, um, you know, work with it and, and do our best to, to make sure that that spot's filled with the right person and the right fit. And so a lot of good quality candidates, and uh, we'll keep working with that. In the meantime, Harvey Uma is going to be running the room, and he'll do that in, in uh, you know in conjunction with Grimey and A-Rod and the rest of the group. Is he a candidate for the Of course, yeah, yeah, definitely. There you go, Kalani Satake wants to have it in uh, – place as soon as possible and as I've said before I will be stunned if it's anybody other than Harvey Unga he uh, when I asked to follow up on that question he said that Harvey is definitely a candidate for the job and everything I've been told regarding that position is that Harvey Unga is in line to get the promotion from graduate assistant to full-time assistant coach coaching BYU's running backs and the fact that he's already running the position group early on in spring ball that should uh, indicate okay this is gonna this has a good opportunity of playing out how it, it's expected to play out. Uh, one final note for you guys here in this first little bit about uh, spring ball is that uh, Jeff Grimes had a had a kind of a funny bit yesterday. He's actually wearing a shoulder brace, which a lot of the players that aren't participating in spring ball, a lot of them underwent shoulder surgeries in the offseason. Well, Jeff Grimes, also in a shoulder harness, he uh, had a rotator cuff surgery uh, to fix his shoulder and kind of funny to talk to him about. He said, it's just getting old. That's what he that's what he chalked, uh, chalked it up to, and it just made an immediate chuckle. And Jeff Grimes, a good dude, and good to hear from him. So if you have any other questions about uh, players and what's going on with uh, the BYU football program, feel free to reach out anytime. The show is on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LockedOnCougars. Drop us a note via email at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Feel free to follow along and also weigh in with your thoughts as well.
We've got a confession for you guys I wanted to share with you, and that is that if you know me, and a lot of you have gotten to know me on a different level that listen to this podcast, but if you don't, I love the minutia of college football. And when it comes to the BYU football program, I love looking at rosters when they first come out and kind of looking at how they compare to the previous roster from the previous seasons, etc. Numbers changes are always fascinating to me, guys, deciding what numbers they're going to be year to year. And it's just, it's always funny to me to see how things shake out with that. And uh, I wanted to talk about some of the minutiae coming out of the first day of spring drills for BYU. Let's start off with number changes. Some of the notable guys uh, in terms of numbers that they're wearing this season include Dimitri Gallo, and that's a name that BYU fans probably remember. He was a junior college transfer out of Moreno Valley uh, College, uh, San, His- Mount San Jacinto College uh, from Moreno Valley, California is where he grew up. But Dimitri Gallo left the program midway through last season was dealing with some personal issues and it it looked like for a time at least that he may not return to BYU in any form. To see him back on the field yesterday was a was a big deal. He is currently wearing number 15 and I wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully his personal issues are behind him and he can move forward from this. Other guys who switched numbers, Ben Bywater, a linebacker who's expected to make a jump this spring. He's wearing number 33 this spring after wearing number 47 last year. Keanu Hill, the redshirt freshman wide receiver who's expected to have a big step up in production this year. He's out for spring with a shoulder surgery underwent. He wore 86 in 2019. He's wearing number 12 this year. Uh, Jackson McChesney, the breakout star at running back after that monster performance against UMass, has switched from number 27 to number 21. Dax Milne, who wore number 82 in 2019, has gone single digits wearing the number 5. Jake Oldroyd, who wore number 39 in 2019, has switched to number 38. Number 38 is an interesting number Concerning both of the Payne brothers, speaking of Matt and Mitch Payne, two of the better kickers slash punters in BYU history, wore the number 38. So Jake Oldroyd also wearing that number. We'll see how that shakes out for him. And then some other number changes for you. Mason Wake, uh, wingback slash tight end, wore number 37 last year, wearing number 13. Uh, Carter Wheat uh, was listed on the roster last year, wearing number 99, but actually wore 96 in games. He's wearing number 96 again this spring. And then Peyton Wilgar wore number 40. 49 last season, wearing the number 37 this year and expected to have a big role in terms of what he's taking on this year. And one final note for you is Troy Warner, of course the younger brother of now San Francisco 49er star Fred Warner. He wore number one for most of his career in a BYU uniform. He has switched to number four for his senior year honoring his older brother. It's kind of cool to see the Warner brothers uh, wearing the number four at BYU and wishing all those players nothing but the best. A couple of the notes for you guys. Also in terms of position changes. And let's let's be clear about one thing with position changes as it deals with spring football at BYU currently. These position changes are very much tenuous at best. If you guys remember a couple weeks back, right around signing day, I, I told you guys on this podcast, and you can go back and listen to it, it was the week of signing day, that Kalani Satake is actually in charge of position changes now. And that comes from a person inside the program who was very interested to see what changes were made up coming up in spring ball. And there have been a number of them. And let's run down some of the more notable ones you'll want to know about. So let's start off with this. 
Javel Brown, a redshirt freshman defensive back, is playing wide receiver this spring under Fessy Satake's direction. He actually played offense mainly in high school at both running back and wide receiver in the San Diego area. So move back to wide receiver. Maybe he should be a more natural position for him, but we'll see how it goes. Fessy Satake actually had a chance to speak with him one-on-one. You're going to hear that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Had a great conversation with him, and he does talk about the position change for Javel Brown playing wide receiver. Brown looked pretty good on day one in terms of just wearing a helmet and running around, so we'll see if he's able to take to that position. Other position changes to note. Jackson Kafusi, who played linebacker last year, the younger brother of senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi, he has made the switch to running back for spring ball. We'll see if that holds for him. Obviously, a talented athlete from here in Utah. Jackson, I think, is a... He's, he's not an underrated athlete. I just don't feel like his skill set um, has translated ideally to the linebacker position to this point. And we'll see if running back maybe is a more natural spot for him. But he will be trying out running back during spring ball. Along the line, Caden Hawes, who was the backup center last year behind James Empey, he's actually going to be moving over to the defensive line during spring ball. Caden, not the tallest offensive lineman that you'll see, listed at six foot two. If he's six foot two, I'm like, what, six four, I feel like. He's not the tallest guy, but he has some natural leverage I think that could work on the defensive line and we'll see how it shakes out for him there. He is 300 pounds so ideally he's probably going to play as a three technique defensive tackle for BYU in a four man front but he will be trying out uh, playing there at defensive line for spring ball. A couple of the notes for you in terms of changes. Zane Anderson has shed a lot of weight, listed at 200 pounds. He'll be a defensive back for at least spring ball. Saw him line up at cornerback at points during, during the first day of drills yesterday along with Hayden Livingston, another safety last year who lined up a cornerback. Uh, Hayden had one of the cool plays of of practice. Luke Andrada, a freshman wide receiver, had a deep ball that he had beaten uh, Livingston in terms of having a a step on him. Uh, I believe it was Jaron Hall dropped in a deep ball that just pinged. It couldn't have been more perfect off of the helmet of Luke Andrada, straight up into the air. Livingston plucked it out of the air, got a foot down before stepping out of bounds for the interception. It was a pretty cool play. Uh, unfortunate for Luke Andrada because it just it, he was looking for the ball. He was trying to track it, and it just plunked right off the top of his helmet. It's just kind of funny to see that shake out. A couple of the notes for you guys is that uh, Zane Anderson, like I said, is moving to defensive back. Uh, Matthew Criddle, Jared Capisi, and George Udo played a plenty of safety yesterday. Matthew Criddle played linebacker last Last year, while George Udo was more of a cornerback for the Cougars. And then Jared Capisi has just kind of been a back-and-forth guy who's played all over the defensive backfield. Now he's back at safety. And a lot of these position changes, like I mentioned, in spring ball are to see how guys adapt to a new position. If it works out, great. You probably stay there permanently through fall camp in the upcoming 2020 season. If it doesn't work out, you revert back probably to the position group you came from. But as I said... In the past, Ed Lamb kind of handled how position changes were going to be handed out at BYU, how guys were going to go about uh, in terms of where you're going to line up here, you're going to try out this position, etc. That is no longer under Ed Lamb's jurisdiction. It's under Kalani Sitake's direct jurisdiction in terms of position changes. And I have to tell you guys this much, speaking of Coach Sitake, he's had a keen eye for talent and the ability to move positions for multiple guys throughout his coaching career. He did a lot of that on the defensive 
offensive side of the ball when he was the defensive coordinator at Utah, taking guys from offense and making them into stars on defense. So I would not... uh, knock the fact that he is making the position changes and having guys try things out. I think he sees things in players that he can work with and he wants to give them that opportunity to see if those tools that he sees in them come out and come to fruition. And if it works out, great. Because the idea of having a player kind of a square peg in a round hole I get that there are coaches who will do that, but I can tell you guys this much about Kalani Satake. He understands that guys just want to get on the field and play football and succeed at the positions they're being inserted at. And I think he's when he's talking to these players, he explains his reasoning for thinking, okay, I want you to try this position. I want you to give it a shot and give it an honest effort. And if it works out, great. If not, we'll find another spot for you. I think it's a great way to go about things when it comes to BYU football. All right, one final note for you before we go on this part of the podcast is that two players who were scholarship players a year ago are not currently on the spring roster, and that would include uh, Danny Jones, who is expected to be a senior punter for BYU. He is not on the roster currently, as well as uh, sophomore offensive lineman Jacob Smith, a product out of Minnesota, really big uh offensive lineman who necessarily has hasn't necessarily had his opportunity to shine so far neither of them are on the roster currently but also neither of them according to sources I've talked to are in the NCAA transfer portal at this time could that mean they're dealing with academics not participating in spring ball absolutely could it be that just a matter of time before they enter the NCAA transfer portal also a possibility but wishing them nothing but the best as they figure out whatever is next for them speaking of both Danny Jones and Jacob Smith I'm expecting there's going to be a small exodus of players like at most programs during this spring ball for BYU. But the good news is you get guys like Herkley Latu back in the program who had entered the NCAA transfer portal. We saw Herkley Latu out there playing defensive line for BYU and I think it's going to be a cool uh, position change for him uh, now as he lines up as a defensive end. And one other note for you guys in terms of another position change I I failed to mention, excuse me on that, is that uh, Salofa Funa is now playing at defensive end as well. A former linebacker from Spanish Fork High School. Really a big linebacker. Listed at 245 pounds. Has never had a problem putting weight on. Might be a beneficial position change for him. And then Tyler Algier, not necessarily a position change, but he is with the running backs for the duration of spring's, spring, it appears, for the BYU football program. So a lot of scatterbrained notes there. Hopefully you guys followed along, but a lot of minutia I wanted to get to on today's podcast. We'll bring more of this to you as spring ball rolls on and anything else that comes out regarding that. All right, uh, coming up here in just a second, we're going to talk some BYU basketball, switch gears a little bit. The Cougars rank number 15 in the country in the newest AP poll. We'll talk about that before we do that though a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast is as easy as using your voice you don't have to lift so much as a finger all you've got to do is tell your smart device whether it's your smartphone if you're driving around in your car a lot of us plug our phones in and have them on our heads up displays tell that or your smart speaker at home your alexa your google home uh, your siri whatever you've got tell them 
play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, and you'll have the latest episode right there for you, Lickety Split. It's real simple, it's real easy, and it makes it very just convenient to catch up on all the BYU news you need to know each and every day. Because like I said, with this podcast, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information that you cannot find anywhere else. Exclusive conversations, tidbits that I'm picking up from players and coaches and insiders inside the BYU football program and basketball program. It's all here on Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, tell your smart device, play the latest episode of Locked On Cougars, and never miss a single note when it comes to BYU sports. All right, guys, as we wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show, let's talk about the BYU basketball program for a moment here. Let's start off with this. A big congratulations to Yoli Childs. He was named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the second straight week after tallying a career-high 38 points, added a 14-rebound outing for a double-double in the win over Pepperdine last Saturday. I really feel like right now, in terms of the West Coast Conference Player of the Year race, it's down to Philip Petrusev and Yoli Childs. Uh, will the voters go for the best player on the best team, speaking of Gonzaga and Petrusev, or will they go for a guy in Yoli Childs that when he has been in the lineup for BYU, he may have been the most impactful guy and the best player when he's been on the court? Yoli has missed 13 games this season. When he's been in the lineup, BYU has only lost twice, and both of those games came in in overtime, uh, if I recall correctly, and I'm telling you guys, Yoli Childs deserves to be West Coast Conference Player of the Year for my money. Call me a homer, whatever you will, but everything he has done in a BYU uniform, especially during his senior year this year, indicates to me that he should be the favorite to win it, but I do worry that a guy like Philip Petrusev, who has been the best player, the most consistent player for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the number two ranked team in the country, They've got the best record, the number one seed in the upcoming West Coast Conference Tournament. I'm thinking some people may think, okay, the best player on the best team deserves that award. I'm hoping that Yoli Childs gets that opportunity. It doesn't hurt, though, that BYU has moved up in the national rankings. They're up at number 15 in the latest AP poll. Uh, Top 25, there was released yesterday morning. Uh, I saw some BYU fans uh, saying on social media that BYU should have moved up higher after a number of teams lost in basketball. The biggest thing when it comes uh, to the basketball poll, speaking of the AP poll, is that you can lose multiple games in basketball and only drop a few slots. If you get upset in a monumental fashion, yeah, you can drop a little bit, but you're not going to drop like you would in football. Basketball, the movement isn't necessarily as drastic as college football, uh, the top 25 poll is with the AP, the Associated Press. But BYU has 756 votes to finish at number 15 with a 24-7 and overall record, moving up two spots uh, just behind Villanova and Oregon. I think that BYU is in a good spot here. The fact that BYU, we're talking about the BYU men's basketball team being a top 15 ranked team, I think that should be enough, honestly. I if you were to ask me at the beginning of this past season that BYU, do you think they'll be nationally ranked this year? I'll be honest with you guys. I would have said, nope, not they're not going to be ranked. I, I just, it just did not register with me that BYU could be ending the regular season as the 15th ranked team in the country. There are more and more voices out there saying that BYU is a legit dark horse Final Four contender, could make a run to Atlanta where the Final Four is being held this year. It's all going to depend, I feel like, on the seating for BYU and how the matchups line up. But 
Everything I look at indicates that BYU basketball is rolling right now. It is fantastic to see them uh, getting these votes, getting the national respect. I think they very much deserve. And hoping that as they take this week off, and just a heads up for you guys, that media availability for BYU will be on Thursday. So we'll have conversations from players and coaches on the Friday and Monday shows leading up to their semifinal matchup in the West Coast Conference Tournament. But it's just everything about BYU basketball right now is coming up sixes. It's cool to see them just rolling. They've got a lot of confidence right now. The way they're playing, they're going to be hard to stop. If their three-point shooting continues to be as consistent as it has been, it feels like all season long, I'm telling you guys, BYU basketball could go far. What is my expectation, you may be wondering, for BYU as they head into the postseason? I think Sweet 16 would be a fantastic season. It would be one of the all-time seasons in BYU history. The farthest they've gone is the Elite Eight under Danny Ainge. It would be cool to see BYU finally make the Final Four because they have that moniker as the team that has made the NCAA tournament the most without a Final Four run. It was them and uh, uh, who was the other team? I don't remember who it was, but for a while, and the other team did make their Final Four run. BYU, they deserve a Final Four run at some point. Is this the year? I don't know that, but if they make the Sweet 16, I call it a success. I say it's a, been an all-time season in BYU's history. They're setting all kinds of records. It's the first uh, perfect record in February for the program, according to Greg Rubel, going 8-0 in the month of February for the BYU basketball program. And now as they get ready for the West Coast Conference Tournament, there's no slowing them down here, and I'm looking forward to covering this team. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how things shake out when it comes to the postseason. The nice part is, is BYU should have plenty of fresh legs as they head into the NCAA tournament and hopefully Dalton Nixon is healing up quickly and can rejoin the team in short order. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Is it a blast to be with you guys each and every day? Hopefully you guys are enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. Like I said, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Feel free to drop the show a note anytime, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. If there are players you'd like to hear from from the BYU football program during spring ball, you want to be part of our listener mailbag segment, weigh in with your thoughts. Would love to hear from you guys. And of course, make sure to join us each and every day. Leave us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider you're listening to us on and help us build this audience as we talk BYU sports each and every day. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars pod- podcast excuse me, for March 3rd, 2020, and we will talk to you tomorrow.